0: Let us pray. O Holy Spirit, set us on fire. May we burn brightly with the love that you have placed within our hearts. May the words of all our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. In February of this year, the New York Times Magazine published a story entitled, How One Stupid Tweet Blew Up Justine Sacco's Life. Now, we're not talking about birds this morning. The tweet we mentioned is from Twitter, that social media website where, in just a matter of clicks, you can send a message out to your followers, short, sweet messages. And in the article, the author John Robinson tells Sako's story. As she made the long journey from New York to South Africa, she was going to visit her family during the holidays in 2013. Justine Sako, 30 years old, was the senior director of corporate communications at IAC, a major American media and internet company, a public relations manager. And she began tweeting, Little jokes along the way about the indignities of travel. There was one about a fellow passenger on the flight from John F. Kennedy International Airport. She wrote, weird German dude, you're in first class. It's 2014. Get some deodorant. Then, during her layover at Heathrow, chili, cucumber sandwiches, bad teeth, Back in London. And then, and then there was this tweet, the last in a series, sent on December 20th before her final leg of her trip to Cape Town. Going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding, I'm white. And she chuckled to herself as she pressed send on this last tweet, and then wandered around for about 30 minutes at the international terminal, sporadically checking her phone, and no one replied. It did not surprise her. She had only 170 Twitter followers. She boarded her plane and shut her phone off. 11 hours later, she landed in Cape Town and turns her phone back on, and it just starts going off. Right away, she gets a text from someone she hadn't spoken to since high school. I'm so sorry to see what's happening, the text reads. And she looks at it, baffled. Then another text, you need to call immediately. This was her best friend, Hannah. Then her phone exploded with more texts and alerts, and then it began to ring. It was Hannah. She picked it up, Hannah said, you're the number one worldwide trend on Twitter right now. Now, get this, millions of of, of tweets go out around the world, and her tweet, number one. And her Twitter feed had become, as the article says, a horror show. Maybe you saw the story, it was all over the news for, well, about 48 hours as things go. A tip led a blogger on the website Gawker to link to Sacco's tweet, as he says, a public relations person tweeting a racist joke, it was just too good to leave alone. And in a moment, the internet was set on fire. Now, in an interview, when interviewed later, she said, I never thought that white people could not get AIDS. I was making a, a, a hilarious joke, a, a, an attempt to point out the ridiculousness of such thoughts. And yet in a moment, she lost her job. In a moment, she lost control of her own name. Every future child, every future relationship who Googled her name would know the truth. She was publicly shamed for what she said. Now, we can imagine our good friend James this morning hearing the story and just shaking his head. Not many of you should become teachers. Or maybe he'd substitute teachers with public relations managers. Or not many of you should be politicians or preachers or media personalities or anyone who speaks for a living. For when you speak for a living, you must. Watch what you said. And one mistake and your public life will be over. In James' day, to set the world on fire, well, you had to be there, speak face to face, perhaps speak to a crowd. You could change the world. It just took some time and some effort. But today, today with a few strokes of your fingers, or not even your fingers, just your thumbs... Your words could be tweeted and retweeted to millions across the world, losing control of what you say. And we live in a time when words are plentiful, spoken and written in print and in digital, on billboards and screens, 24 hour news cycles, TV show after TV show. Everywhere words, which begs the question, why are you in your right mind on your day off here listening to more words, saying more words, singing words? They're everywhere. And when words are plentiful, words are cheap. Perhaps it's no accident that we're given this text right here in the middle of the earliest presidential election season that we remember We here in Iowa are blessed to be on the front lines of a word assault, as candidate after candidate speaks to as many as they can, so, so many words. And yes, most of the time their words seem empty, and yet empty words can be so powerful. When oil is in abundance, gas is cheap. But cheap gas can set things on fire just as easily as expensive gas. Now, what's the big deal, though? I thought we were taught as children that old playground rhyme, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt me. And it's catchy, and we've passed that down from mouth to mouth, parent to child, playground to playground. There's only one problem. It's a bold-faced lie. Now, I broke my arm when I was 6 Incident. When I was six, some incident with me and the wall of our house and a bike. I'll tell you about it sometime maybe. But I remember it, and I know it hurt, but I've forgotten the pain. And yet I can remember like yesterday, stinging words of hate, of anger spoken to me. They never go away. Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will hurt you for a lifetime. I think monks who take vows of silence may be on to something. How easy it is for our words intentional or accidental to set a forest on fire, we might as well not speak at all. But is that James' advice today? At first it sounds like he's just telling us all to shut up, and maybe we should. The tongue is powerful, don't risk it, he says, but the tongue is like a bridle. Or if horses aren't your thing, it's like a rudder, On a ship, or if boating's not your thing, it's like fire. See, a bridle in and of itself cannot direct a horse, but it must be connected to a reins, to a rider. A rudder can't move a ship by itself, but when connected to a tiller and a captain, you can go anywhere. And a flame, when placed upon something flammable, could burn the whole place down. And a tongue? Well, a tongue, James says, needs wisdom. Wisdom that can guide it, wisdom that shapes and forms, wisdom that makes the tongue into words that are worth speaking. James isn't asking us to just shut off, damn up the springs of our mouths. He's asking us to clean up the springs, to speak wisely. And before you hear him as saying, don't tell dirty jokes and don't curse, that's not his point, at least not only. His real concern, the words he really cares about, are words that set things on fire. It's easy when it happens with presidential candidates or 30-year-old public relations managers. We like it when their tongues set things on fire because then we can talk about them and talk about what they did that was wrong and take the attention away from us. But we do it too, gossip and slander meant to tear people down. We complain more than we praise, words spoken to tear down, words spoken out of hate and anger, words that hurt. And James reminds us the power of these words, all our words, it is a power that certainly must be put in check, put a bridle on it, put a rudder on it. But it's a power that you don't just abandon altogether, shutting your mouths, for our words are powerful. And with wisdom from above, they can indeed change the world. Words that are pure, filled with peace. Words that are filled with mercy and good fruit. Words that have no partiality, no racist edges, no judgmental spears. Words that are genuine, not empty and hypocritical. These words, set loose on the fields of the world, will not burn the field down, but will produce a field of righteousness. Words like, I love you. Yesterday, words were spoken right here. I do. It changed things. Words like, I forgive you. Welcome home. Words like, I'm sorry. Words like, all are welcome here. Here. Words like mercy, grace, kindness, unconditional love. Words like no matter who you are or what you've done or where you are on your journey, God welcomes you at the table. Words like come and see. Words like this is my body broken for you. Words like Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed These words, once spoken, they have before, and they will again change the world as it sets the world on fire in a harvest of righteousness. So yeah, bridle your tongues. Speak wisely. Just because you think it doesn't mean you should say it. Just because it's true doesn't mean you should put it out there. But more than all of that, Use your words to set fires of peace and love, grace and mercy. Let there be peace on earth. We say, and let it begin with me. And though I may speak with bravest fire and have the gift to all inspire and have not love, my words are vain, as sounding brass and hopeless gain. But what would happen? But what would happen if all of us, all God's children, spoke love and peace into this world? What would happen? Well, James tells us what would happen. The whole world would catch fire. Amen. Let us now prepare to come to this table. See number 425, let us break bread together.